This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. When it's time for a new credit card, the best ones do way more than just buy stuff. And that's why U.S. Bank offers credit cards that make every day more rewarding. Earn cash back. Score points when you shop, dine out, travel, or binge watch. Or get a low intro APR. U.S. Bank credit cards were designed to fit your lifestyle. So make every day more rewarding. And check out usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. They're going to kill the love of my life. Daisy! If I don't go back to what I was doing. This Friday. Our line of work is quite brutal and quite ruthless. How far would you go for love? You steal truck, bring it to me. Then you make your money. Is it dangerous? Of course it's dangerous! Nicholas Holt, Felicity Jones, with Ben Kingsley and Anthony Hopkins. All this trouble, all this pain, for love. Collide, in theaters Friday. Rated PG-13, may be inappropriate for children under 13. Welcome to the East Coast Offense Podcast. This is Chris Liss, Rotowire, and I'm here as usual with Yahoo's Dalton Del Don for week 17. It's our last uh, chance to get it right. And uh, how'd we do last week? I had a good week for once uh, last week. So I'm assuming that our picks were good too. Um, in Super Contest, we went three and two. Uh, One with the uh, Falcons, Lions, and Texans, although that spread totally changed when, you know, when we talked about it, what it went from getting four and a half to giving four and a half. Um, but they ended up uh, still covering handily, and then we lost. Wait, with wait. The in the super contest, you're saying that we took the Texans minus four and a half? I or? think so. Yeah, I think. I mean, it was. It, you know, we're out of it. So right, I was right. like, yeah. I was like, did, did, I didn't get a phone call about this, but obviously, no, if obviously, we, were in it, we would have had to have a conversation about it. If, if we were in the money, obviously, I would. We would have had a conversation. Yes, but I don't even think I realized it until till later. But and then the Jags and the um, Patriots, we lost with. Oh, we lost to the Patriots and Jaguars, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, it's funny because uh, the Texans, I mean, that was for real, right? That wasn't an error on our part. A couple readers in the comments were like, hey, how come you said it was, you know, how come it says this when it's the opposite? And I was like, it really did say that. And then I looked back on the Las Vegas Insider site, and actually the opening line was that. The Titans really were, for God knows what reason, favored by four and a half. And I wonder... Like, how much money, if that was available, like, how much money Vegas lost when people just went crazy? I mean, all of it, it was a uni- and it was a unanimous pick in the staff picks. It was so obvious. Yeah, I mean, Vegas Insider is le- a legit site that, that lists, like, seven different, you know, properties in Las Vegas. And it, it's, it showed even days later, as you, as you just mentioned, that it opened at that line. I don't know if the site made a mistake or what, but at least we, we know we were on it. Because, we, we, you know, we both are like, why is the spread this right. way? And as you said, we all went uh, with them in the staff picks, so... Yeah, really odd there, but um, doesn't it's it's funny. It ended up covering even with the whatever that was nine point swing in the in the in the spread. Yeah, but it just it's weird that I haven't read anything about it. It just seemed like such a big thing. All the sites had it too. It wasn't just the uh, Vegas right. Insider. So I felt bad. I felt like 
my readers thought I was cheating or something. Like, wait, you just gave yourself four and a half points when you're <laughs> supposed to be giving four and a half points? I was like, it really said that. No, it did. I'm here to back you up. It did. All right. Well, so a couple other things happened since we last talked. First off, the good news on the good side, uh, you and I won the football, the first NFL portion of League of Leagues. We dominated. It was it was enjoyable. We were texting on Saturday night when we had Cousins and Reed going, and it was basically just over on Saturday night. And you had Reed in, in uh, Stopa Law Firm, which we'll talk about, I'm sure, next. But, uh, yeah, that was so sick Saturday night. I mean, the, the connection. I mean, that was just such a great start. And I, I was still a little worried because they had – Really good matchups on paper, um, Brandon Funston and, and Brad Evans. Um, and I was debating this uh, Gurley versus Kristen Michael versus um, Lamar Miller situation. And um, it ended up not mattering whatsoever. Yeah, we just crushed. And, you know, it, it, it's just nice to just put a beating on somebody where you're, you're, not even, you're not even sweating who they have. I, I was like, wait, we have Reed and Cousins and Julio Jones is going crazy. And Todd Gurley just scored a touchdown. It was just... But and actually, Calvin Johnson actually had a good game. Calvin had a good game, right? It was just crazy. Um, and then uh, who's our defense this this past week? Patriots who scored, scored, scored a touchdown. Yeah, but you see, For the problem was the problem was Barons had Gurley and the Patriots, and right. I was the, I had Jordan. Reed. I didn't realize he had Zach Ertz going because I think he must have picked him up. And obviously, week sixteen is when you have to have Zach Ertz. I, I forgot about that. That's the week you, you draft Zach Ertz, stash him to week week sixteen because you know that's when he goes off. It's the only week he goes off. And, you know, we got, we got lucky the Lamar Miller touchdown. I don't know if you watched it, but Ajahi was in that entire drive. And he got two attempts at the one-yard line, got a little banged up on the second one, and they brought Lamar Miller in who punched it in on the third try from the, from the one-yard line. So, but he ended up getting 20 touches. So I think the process was actually right there in a good matchup. He didn't really deliver otherwise. But, but it all was moot anyway. But, um, you know, that's funny. I was going to um, make fun of you for that. I saw you on Twitter say that about Zach Ertz. I'm like, man. How little does ten thousand dollars to this guy matter? I mean, don't get me wrong; I'm not checking my opponents in every league every week, but in the in the championship game, I would probably have known who I was, whom I was facing. Eh, we had a good year at Rotowire, you know, ten grand yeah. here, ten grand there. <laughs> what, what, what can I say? No, Apparently. I was I I really wanted to win that ten grand. I just don't like to know my opponents' players, and I knew most of them because Barons and I had talked before. But I'm not sure Ertz or I remember that Ertz was on his roster. I thought it was somebody else. Uh, he might have picked him up, which is obviously a good move if he did. And so I didn't realize, you know, Reed still had a better day, and it was even more different than his projection than Ertz did. So I was still – I was a favorite before anything happened. I was a little bit bigger favorite after Saturday night. And then early, Cam Newton rushes for a touchdown on the first drive. I'm like, this is going great. Devonta Freeman, he gets a touchdown for me. I'm just like, okay, you know, I have this. And then basically what really screwed me, he won by like 20. I made a mistake uh, at the last minute benching Lacey for Bilal Powell, but that was just like four or five points. And it was, you know, kind of a 50-50 call. The real uh, place I got screwed was Ben Watson got one catch for five yards in a good matchup. And then also uh, the Steelers kicker and D just killed me. His, his kicker and D outscored me by like 10 or 12 points. And, you know, when you're, when you're in a tight match for 10 grand, you know, that, that's tough. And I almost picked the Lions kicker and D, but I just, I just like the Steelers a little bit better this week. And uh, that was a mistake. Yeah, you guys had really good scores, though. I mean, it looks like the two best teams went at it. And um, what are you going to do? At least, at least you didn't lose because of a lineup decision. Right. I was, I was, once, once I knew I was screwed, I was like, okay, you better beat me by more than the margin of Lacey for Powell because then I'll really right. you know, I, I feel bad. And, you know, we could have we done like a, a split, but Barron's probably would have done it. Uh, we, we did a little podcast. I did a little podcast with him about it, um, which would have been nice of him because he didn't need it because he already was going to get a piece 
right. I had won. So I just felt like because it was asymmetrical, it was just kind of like, okay, how about we do a, a deal when it's really – there's no point in him doing the deal, right? He doesn't need to. Um, and I didn't really – you know, again, I, you know, it would be nice to have won 1000 extra dollars or whatever we would have cut out for ourselves. But, you know, I was pissed for like 20 minutes. But in the end, it's fantasy football. I mean, you just – you can't act as as though – you have control over it. You know, you just have to put it out there. I had a good year, and Barron's team was the best team all year. He scored the most points. My team was the second-best team. I think by the end I probably had the second-most points, and I lost. And unfortunately, because of the structure of the league, I got $0 for it. But, you know, it's just it's just how it is, and it's, it's a free roll too, you know. All right, yeah. Uh, real quick before we stop talking about our fantasy teams, I my home league I was uh, projected like 12% at about um, – 2.30 specific time, basically the end of the first half of the, of the second half games, 12%. And um, I was facing Denard Robinson and David Johnson. And uh, I had Blake Bortles, Brandon Cooks, uh, Doug Baldwin. Anyway, a sickest comeback ever, and I won by less than five points. And thanks to that uh, Bortles garbage touchdown and then two-point conversion. And just luckily, Robinson did nothing, and David Johnson sat out the whole fourth quarter. So that's actually the funnest way to win, too. The the, the second half, you know, the last games going, all, all the players will be done afterward. And so it's a pretty sick finish to uh, to, to my year in, in my home league. One other quick thing, I just realized that Jonah Jonah lost by like six points in in the matchup for like fifth or sixth points in that league or, league of leagues. Sorry, fifth or sixth place. And I was just thinking that that actually had a consequence him trading D'Angelo Williams. Like that's a full point, right? Stand. Right. Yes, you know, like, did. I, I, I mean. I never thought of it that way. Yeah. Uh, well, I thought you said there was no play. I guess. Okay. So, no. So, if you didn't make the playoffs, it's just 7 through 12 or 7 through 14 okay. was locked. Okay. But then those six are in the tournament still. Right. I guess he felt like, the you know, the, the value of one guy perhaps moving him up or down one spot, you know, but might not do anything. But, yeah. But I mean, that, imagine that if is... you could trade a guy on the final day of baseball to move you up one whole spot in the standings, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, that's uh... – we got to start thinking of it strategically because I was talking to Jonah when he was here, and basically, like all those football guys, they're just they're like done. You know, there's four teams that are in it. It's you, you and me, Jonah, Jake Seeley, and Sal. Okay, those are the four teams that are in it. And everybody else, I mean, I, I think guys like Spore are going to try hard, and, and, and maybe Mayo will try hard. But some of those like NFL guys, they're not going to care much about baseball, and that's going to. You know, that's going to – especially if, like, they may care, like, initially, but, like, in May, if they're in last place and they have three injuries, they're not going to be, like, going deep into the wire to try to improve because they're not going to win the whole thing. And once their baseball team is probably not going to win, you know, and also it's a keeper league, so you know pretty quickly if you're screwed, it's going to – got to start thinking ahead about that because it's going to change everything this year. Yeah, I was just thinking about that. There are 14 teams in this league, and I think probably seven of them right for NFL.com or six of them. Right. And none, none of those guys made the, the playoffs in football. Right. Well, I mean, you know, it's uh, people mocked. I, I don't know if you saw the email I sent. I did. That was good. Yeah. That was... I hope it's a life lesson for them. You know, those people that mocked our team. I hope they learn from it. You know, I just all we can do is teach, man. You know, That's we, right. we're not, you know, we're, what, what is it? What is a good man but a bad man's teacher? What is a bad man but a good man's job? That's, that's right. Right. That's that's from uh, a Tao Te Ching translation that I read in college, but I like it. I like it in this instance. So uh, I'll, I'll tell you one more thing. So, okay, so, I, you know, I lost the Stopa League. We won the League of Leagues. Obviously, Stopa was higher priority, although I'm happy to have won the League of Leagues. And then I was, you know, facing Derek. I was up 10 uh, going to the Sunday night game in the State League finals. I had by far the most points. I may have broken a record in that league. And I already just got gutted in the last fourth quarter in the NFFC because – well, I'll start with the NFFC. Like, you know, basically – 
there's two guys made the playoffs and like if one guy I had the most points and, and the other guy had the best record. Yeah, three looked, guys. Three guys total. No, just two in the twelve team. Uh, oh, the, I didn't um, realize that. Are you? Oh, I thought it was a, three. A third guy can make it if he's like in the top fifteen percent of overall points, I think, or something like Interesting. that. Interesting. Okay. But basically, two guys make it. So we had, and so we played for the three weeks for the extra eight hundred bucks because first place gets fifteen hundred, second place gets seven hundred. So we each got seven hundred, and then we played for the eight hundred. And I was up going into you know I won both week fourteen and fifteen, um, and I was, so I was obviously up going into week sixteen and. I would have had the same record and more points, meaning I would have won the division outright, except for that blocked field goal touchdown. That blocked field that the Ravens had that Monday night uh, against the Browns to win the game and get a touchdown. That dude, Allen, was down five, and he had the Ravens D. So that gave him six for the win. So we wouldn't even, this wouldn't even be an issue. So anyway, it got to be a playoff because he had a better record because of that. And then he, you know, when that Jermaine Curse garbage time touchdown, uh, took me out. I was down five. I was up five, but he would have. He actually had AJ Green get like eleven points the next day, so it, it, I would have lost anyway. But still, it was it was a bad feeling. And then I was up ten to Derek in the stake league in the in the Sunday night game. It was a blowout. It's a total joke of a game. And he had Shane Vereen and Ruben Randall, neither of whom did anything. And I'm like sitting there with Heather, like bitching about Stoba League, and I'm like, ah, you know, I could have won ten thousand and all the stuff. And all of a sudden, I look over, and Ruben Randall catches the seventy yard bomb, and I'm like, tackle him! I'm up ten. You know, if they tackle him, I still probably win, um, and I do win. And of course, you know, I'm rooting against my giant, but it's like forty to ten at this point. And of course, he breaks free for a touchdown, and that was you know whatever seventy plus six. I was thirteen. And he won. That was it. <laughs> that was just like another kick in the ass out the door. Right. You're still not buying, obviously, though, right? Dude, I broke the record for points, I think. Yeah, okay. All right. Anyway, if you look at, like, if you sort by, like, most points, I like Brady, Hopkins, uh, Antonio Brown. It's like every – all my guys, all my defensive players is crazy. But Yeah, that's just because I'm no longer in that league. I would never let you – I would never let you do that. If yeah, I was... well, you, I, you, you, you did such a good job stopping me in Stopa. I'm sure that uh, you would have stopped <laughs> me in the stake league. All right, let's do some of these stupid-ass games. Uh, as I said, I'm hot now. I'm 11-5 last week. Uh, now I feel like it's too little too late, but, you know, hopefully we can make some money in this, this week. All right, let's do it. All right, we got the Jets. There's no Thursday night, no Monday night. It's all on Sunday, which I like. Um, we got the Jets um, minus three at Buffalo, and I'll let you go first on this. Well, as I've mentioned before, I have a, a very big bet on the Steelers to win the Super Bowl, so that that was a killer last week. I mean, that Ravens game was just driving me nuts, and, and, and Roethlisberger is a, throws a 100-yard pick six to make it look completely over. And um, and all of a sudden, like after they're celebrating, like ten seconds later, they're like, "No penalty, uh, lined up in the neutral zone. You get to do it again." And then they end up scoring a touchdown, getting the ball back against the terrible Ravens secondary. Um, anyway, my point being, I am a big Bills fan this week because the only hope for the Steelers to make the playoffs is if right. the Jets, Jets lose, lose and Steelers win. So minus three, I feel like Rex Ryan and Buffalo will try, and they're they're a pretty decent team at home. So. Uh, I'm not just picking this with my my heart, but um, also with my head. I'm going to take the home dog. Yeah, I like Buffalo too. I mean, the Jets are pretty good, but they are. They this are. is not a soft team. Rex really wants to win this one, and it's I, this is a hard going on the road to Buffalo. This is not an easy task. No, not at all. No so, divisional game. Yeah, and I, yeah, I'll take the points. Yeah, I'll take them too. Um, okay, now we got Tampa plus ten and a half at Carolina. Um, the over under is forty six and a half. We have the fifty five percent. Repeat matchups in division go under. Usually, big spreads under favors the underdog. Usually, 
Um, but who do you like here? This is one I actually changed, and I, and I rarely do that, so probably fade me here. But the more I thought about it, coming off a loss, Carolina at home, Tampa Bay isn't very good. So I'm actually going to lay the wood here. My first instinct was just blindly take the underdog, but I'm, I'm going to take the Panthers. I think they're going to be really fired up after that. They laid an egg last week. No more pressure being undefeated, yet this game, I believe it still matters to them, totally right? Totally matters. Yeah, yeah so yeah. They're, I think they're going to blow them out. How sick is it to be 14-1 and one and not have home field locked up? Yeah. Crazy. Uh, yeah, I, I'm going to take Carolina, too. I My initial instinct was Carolina. I, I could overthink myself into Tampa Bay, but I feel like, I don't know. I, well, nah, I might be thinking. My, here's the thing. Okay, here's the two sides. One is exactly what you said. Like, they got the loss out of the way. It was on the road. It was against a division rival that knows them. Whatever. It's done. It's bad setup. It's over. So let's get back to reality where they just smoke this team. On the other hand, Carolina's been kind of out kicking its peripherals, like, all year. And this is 10 and a half. Tampa's sort of like a 500-ish team, slightly below. I don't know. The one thing I like about this is that Tampa's pasty is not very good. And I think Carolina will probably light it up. And the, the thing I'm torn about is whether Jameis Winston moves the ball. Because Carolina gave up 35 to the Giants, right? And Matt Ryan beat them and had, had a big day. I'm not sure about that defense right now. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I would like to say Josh Norman will just shut down Mike Evans. They don't have very many other options. But, I mean... Evans shuts down himself anyway with drops every week. So, But, you know, Julio Jones was awesome last week. You know, we had him in League of Leagues. I was watching him. The big, long 70-yard touchdown was not against Norman. But other than that, he, he had a really nice game. And I think Norman's still really good, though, obviously. I mean, he was making a lot of catches with him draped all over him. Yeah. Well, I think, you know, sometimes, like, the, the best cornerbacks, I think Richard Sherman does this, too. They do a lot of grabbing and clutching, and they know how to get away with it. You know, it's probably like an art to, like, just – playing right up to the edge, you know, like where you can kind of do stuff but not get caught. And some guys, and then once you build a good reputation, too, I think you get away with more. Right. And, and so, and, But you have to build it somehow. And I think there's ways of doing cheap stuff that, like, the refs don't call and ways of doing it wrong where they do call it. Because the refs are so stupid, right? I mean, there'll be a guy, if his back is turned to the guy, you know, it, even if he barely touches him, it's a pass interference. But you could have a guy who turns for the ball and basically, like, backs into the receiver and knocks him over, and it's like no call, Right. It's just before yeah. the ball arrives, he'll like turn around and he'll back into the guy, and there's no call. There's like you know subtle stuff that you can do, and the refs are dumb, you know. So I think if you're smart about making it look the right way, I think get away with a lot. So anyway, I'm just saying he's probably good, but I, I, I wouldn't necessarily if they target your you know Evans who's so big, um, you know I, I think that that they could probably get away with it. I mean Brandon Marshall had uh, what Logan Ryan who's been really good for the Patriots last week all over him, but he was just too big. He, he was like Gronk. He was just boxing him out and catching it anyway. Right, right. Anyway, I, well, I've yet to see Evans really do that that much. But I, I, I'm on the fence. I'm not going to pick this one. My first instinct was Carolina, but it it's, sounds kind of squarish when I start to explain it. Yeah, I don't like this game either. Okay. New England minus – wow, it's all up to 10.5. Or 10, 10.5. I'll say 10. New, England's min, min, New England minus 10 at Miami. This is a minus 10 on the road. Who do you like? Yeah. Here? I don't like either one here either. I'd stay away from this game for sure. But uh, first, before we get into this game specifically, um, there was some conjecture before the Patriots game last week about how it would be in their best interest to lose to the Jets, given that the, the Steelers are probably the most dangerous team capable of knocking them out in the playoffs. Then lo and behold, cut to as soon as the Steelers officially lose that game, it's overtime starting, and New England defers the kickoff and seemingly lays down on defense. Probably complete conspiracy theory BS, right? You don't you don't 
put any credence to that thought that the Patriots actually wanted to lose that game, right? Dude, after 9-11, what team became the dynasty in the NFL? <laughs> well, I, I never thought of it that What's way. What's the name of the team that became the dynasty? Patriots. There we go. If you don't believe in conspiracies, man, you're crazy. The, the whole thing's a conspiracy. The whole thing is fixed. Why do you think the Patriots are suddenly a dynasty? They were a doormat. What did the Patriots ever do before 2001? And I never thought of it that way. Yeah. So, no, I mean, I don't know if it's, you know, I mean, Salfino was saying that, but he's, you know, I mean, he, he'll just float stuff out there. I don't think he, I don't even know if he believes it, but basically it seems kind of cowardly to do that. And I can't even imagine a team sitting around saying, look, this other team's really good. We're scared. We're scared of them, even in our home building. So let's tank and let a rival, you know, that's actually a good team get into the playoffs and, and not think, Hey, we might end up regretting this. Right. And I, I would say that was an obvious uh, point shaving maneuver deferring in overtime, the biggest one in, I've seen in a while, but it wasn't even the biggest one of the weekend when Kirk cousins decided to take a knee <laughs> coming out of a timeout. That was the most bizarre thing. Obviously it was just a brain fart, whatever. No, it, was just, it just, you know, the LSD he took before the game kicked in, you know, and he was like, Oh, I, he yeah. just totally forgot where he was. Well, I just love that he's like, I should have thrown it away. I'm like, what do you mean throw it, thrown it away? You were no, coming out of yeah, a timeout. You throw a quick <laughs> – right, you need it right. Well, why don't you just kick the field goal if you're going to throw it away then? I mean, exactly. What's it was the point of risking so just – what you were supposed to do was to take a quick shot in the end zone and then, you know, and if it wasn't there, throw it away and then kick a field goal. But, yeah, it, was, it obviously didn't matter, but it was, it was a weird thing. It's, it's funny probably now that they won anyway. If they lost, it wouldn't be so funny. No, not at all. I mean, I was hoping for another Cousins to read score there. At the I know. We got cheated, man. Seriously. Um, all right. So, you know, I always I, like I'm, that. I'm leaning New England. I know it's square, but I just think Miami is so broken. And New England has to win this game. And the other reason I don't think New England would have tanked that is even though Miami, they don't obviously respect Miami, there's no way that they would risk losing the, the number one seed. I mean, you know, there's not a 0% chance that Miami wins. There's like a 15% chance Miami wins this game, according to Vegas, right? There's no way you're going to give up a 15% chance to not be the number one seed um, if, you know, you know and, and throw a game. I mean, you're going to want to lock that thing up, right? I mean, even no, though – So, I, anyway, I think they're going to roll. I think Miami is just – I think when I think about Miami, and, and you never know when maybe against New England, last game of the year, they show up just last hurrah and give them a good game. And they have historically played New England tough. And I think Miami has a lot of talent on this team. I just think that football is the, the ultimate team sport. And no matter how much talent you have, your team is more than the sum of the individual you know, parts. It's not, you know, it's not the atoms, it's the molecules. And I, I just feel like teams that are just so poorly coached, they, never, they just play individually. You know, like they're talented, but there's no cohesion. And Miami just seems to be like the least cohesive team in the NFL. Like Tannehill is so out to lunch, and those receivers are good, but they just there's no one's on the same page. The whole thing is broken, and New England is the opposite of that. They're they're like a well-oiled machine, and they're going to go in there and they're going to just pick it apart. So you know it's square, but I I almost feel like laying the the huge wood. Yeah, their their offense looked legitimately concerning last week, New England, and they have a, a lot of injuries there that they are dealing with, both in the you know in the secondary and of the wide receivers. But I'm with you. Uh, coming off a loss, I always like to bet on New England. Even if this spread would be 16 at home, Miami looks to me like they have just totally given up. A total doormat on defense especially. Uh, Brent Grimes' wife came out this week and slammed Tannehill on Twitter like crazy. So there's got to be some some unrest in that locker room. So and, I, I, I agree. I'm laying the points. Yeah, and Tannehill was like you know, chewing out those practice squad guys. It's just, right. just bad. It's a bad place. And you know, Lamar Miller and – they don't know what they're doing with him. He's like 25 years old. There's just, there's just no, 
There's no, there's no cohesion there. All right, so I'm laying the wood, too. All right, Baltimore, Cincinnati. Uh, it's Baltimore plus um, seven and a half, it looks like. And this is kind of a small line between these two teams. I know A.J. McCarron's the quarterback, but you know, it's in Cincinnati. Cincinnati um, can still get a bye, but they're probably not going to because Denver's a big favorite also. But, you know, it's, it's a game that Cincinnati's going to try in. Who do you like here? I don't like this game either way. Uh, part of me wants to say sell the Ravens high, um, but but AJ McCarron, not only just AJ McCarron, but um, a banged up AJ McCarron. I mean, he hurt his wrist on that last play when he botched that snap in overtime, and I think it's it's unclear how, how close to hundred percent he will be. Although he expects to play, um, a divisional matchup. Baltimore's coached well. It's probably the wrongs. I don't feel good about this at all, but I'm leaning toward taking the points. That that half a point, you know, seven and a half is just tempting me. Yeah, I'm slightly leaning Cincinnati, but I, I'm not committed. The reason I'm leaning Cincinnati is that I think Baltimore. I mean, Harbaugh is a great coach, and they 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 did their job last week. They yeah, beat and Ryan Mallett will probably go back to being Ryan. Mallett. They're better at home, you know. Uh, the Ravens they're on the road now. It's not a huge line for the disparity in how these teams have been recently. I mean, who's even quarterbacking? Is it Shaw or Clawson? It's is Mallet or Mallet last week. That's who he actually looked good. I forgot who it was. You know, what's funny is like someone like Harbaugh, you know, just like a well-run organization. I wouldn't put any of these QBs that like hasn't like done well in their horrible situations that they've been in. I, I, I'd never surprised if they go and they play for a, a good organization and they, and they play better. Right. I'm probably going to change that actually and, and go, go with the Bengals. McCarron actually looked really good for the first quarter and a half against a, you know, that Denver defense. Yeah. Think about how tough that defense is that he just played yeah. against. Yeah, I'm I'm laying the wood. Um, yeah, and I forgot it was Mallet. All right, so New Orleans plus four at Atlanta. Yeah, I mean, obviously New Orleans is massive uh, home road splits, but this is in a in a dome, and uh, I'm a, a very high over under. What is it, fifty two and a half or fifty three? Yep. Um, Atlanta just just won their Super Bowl against Carolina. I still don't think they're a very good team, so I think the Saints can keep this within four points. So I'm gonna I'm gonna take the points. Yeah, four seems like a little much. Three, I would have probably taken Atlanta, but four, I think I'm taking New Orleans. I don't like it, though, because New Orleans on the road sucks. And uh, Atlanta has, you know, they beat Jacksonville on the road a couple weeks ago, and they played a little better. I don't know. Again, I'm, I'm going to reserve judgment. My, my lean is New Orleans, but I'm not strong. On it. Okay. Uh, we got Jacksonville plus six and a half now, five and a half, six and a half, uh, six, six and a half, opened at five and a half at Houston. Who do you like there? I know Houston has a really good you – know, this defense is playing really well, and I'm sure Bortles will turn the ball over a couple times and fall down early on. But um, I think that offense is just too good to, to – Houston's too mediocre, and Jacksonville has too much capability of a backdoor cover here. Uh, I'm not comfortable giving nearly a, a full seven points with this Texans team, so I'm taking Jacksonville. Yeah, the only flip side is Jacksonville's pasty is terrible, uh, and Hoyer may be back. Yes, that's true. That's true. And so he just may light them up. I mean, like, I would start Hoyer or Mallet. I mean, not Mallet. Uh, who was it? Uh, Whedon in fantasy, like in DFS. Like, I would just throw a couple lineups out there because Jacksonville gives it up against the pass. And Houston's a lot tougher. And Bortles, I, I don't know what to make of Bortles. You know, they always get these crazy big plays, and the receivers are really good. But I'm not really sold on Bortles. Yeah, I'm not. Yeah, I'm not totally sold on him in real life. Obviously, fantasy has been fantastic because he runs, he runs the ball as well. You know, Allen Robinson has 14 touchdowns this season and didn't make the Pro Bowl. Not that I care about Pro Bowl, but um, you're right. Their defense is atrocious. Not quite as bad as um, 
New Orleans, who's already allowed three more passing touchdowns than any team in NFL history with the whole game left at 43. That game turned out to be everything I hoped for, that pinball New Orleans-Jacksonville uh, game. Um, but you could be right. Houston, um, Houston could just go crazy offensively, especially if Poyer's back. And it's less than seven. And Houston and Jacksonville are not equal, right, especially the second half of the season. I mean, Houston was a doormat for eight games, and they kind of got it together. And they've been probably like a 10-6-ish team in the second half, I would say. You know, 9-7, 10-6. Better right. than, well, that's kind of what they are right now. Right? What are they, 8-7 and seven right now? Yeah, I think so. All yes. Right. So they've been, you know, a 10-6 and six team in the second half, a 6-10 you know, and 10 team in the first half. I guess I'm going to take Houston here, but I'm, I'm still – got to think these through. I'm not I'm – not, these are all good lines. I don't feel very strongly. The only one I'm pretty sure I'm taking is Cincinnati and New England. Those are the only two I feel pretty strongly about. Um, okay, let's move on. We've got Pittsburgh uh, minus 10, 9.5-10 at Cleveland. Um, could you – I'm going to ask you something. Over five road games this season, can you guess Ben Roethlisberger's uh, touchdown-interception ratio? What is it, like 10 to 10? Two to seven. He's only had two touchdowns on the road, seven picks. How insane is that? It's insane. I mean, you know, people talk to, you know, it's going to be this monster thing. And, you know, he's like Drew Brees. It's like the home road splits, apparently. I didn't know that. I mean, that's, I don't think it's been a whole career type thing. It's a small sample, but five games, man. I mean, obviously he was not very effective last week against a terrible Baltimore secondary. So, um, yeah, I, I was, I didn't realize that was happening either until I, I heard something about splits and I looked it up and I was, I was shocked. You know, I think he got his two touchdowns in Seattle, too, didn't he? Right. That makes sense. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. I kind of like Cleveland here. Uh, Steelers' defense is um, is terrible. I mean, they can stop the run, but I think Manziel, assuming he's not benched, and we can talk about that in a second, <laughs> I, I mean, he, he had like four yards per attempt against the Chiefs, but he ran for 100 yards that game, and he was driving him down the field at the end. You know, they, they fell just short. I think the dude is legit. I think he's okay. Uh, you know, I mean, we'll see. Maybe it's just the Tim Tebow thing where, you know, they, he's running around and, and racking up fantasy stats, but in real life he's just terrible. But I don't think he's I don't think he's that bad. I think he can actually throw a decent ball. He's obviously working with bad receivers. But I think Cleveland keeps it close. I think, you know, either they backdoor it or it's close. I think Pittsburgh wins and the Jets and I, I think Pittsburgh gets it done, but I don't think it's gonna be easy. Agreed. Oh, that's a massive line on the road and Cleveland uh, assuming Manziel starts, well, definitely you can reserve the right to change. Right. right. If, who if, is it? It would be um, Austin, Austin Davis or somebody. Yeah, I think so. So, so let let, let me let's hear your rant. The world is is, is waiting. Oh well, no, I already wrote about it. I mean, it's, it's not even Mike Petton because Mike Petton said this this one might be different, whatever. But okay, so he went to some friend's house on Christmas Eve, and this is a, a month after you know being at a club during the bye week, and he was in one of the articles about the first one. It was like he was rapping vulgar lyrics while drinking. Oh, my God. He was rapping vulgar lyrics, man. Did you know there's vulgar lyrics, lyrics in, in rap songs? I hadn't heard that before. I can't believe that. And could you believe that he would be listening to them and rapping those? So he was rapping some other – singing some other song or rapping again, and he had some kind of really – For loco. For loco. Some real disgusting beverage that I yeah. would never drink. But he's <laughs> drinking some alcoholic beverage. And everyone's like, you know, and I, you know who I really can't stand is Mary Kay Cabot, the, uh, <laughs> the Browns beat writer. She's like, you know, this – you know, this is disappointing. The, the whole, you know, this whole bullshit outrage at this kid having a drink and rapping, okay? And it's not like he's putting that stuff on social media. People are, you know, doing that to him. You know what I mean? It's not like he's out there, like, drunk driving or, like, you know, making a mess of himself. He's just in a house partying with a beer in his hand and rapping, right? I mean, it's just like, who cares? But 
you know, she's like, well, you know, it would be okay for any 23 year old to have a beer, you know, whatever that, that drink is. And, you know, but he went to, he, first of all, his high school, she writes, his high school coach says he shouldn't be drinking. Okay, great. So his high school coach, hearsay, just says he shouldn't be drinking. That's authoritative. I mean, who cares what that dude thinks, okay? And then two, she says, and he had just spent 72 days in rehab last winter. Now, if you spent days in rehab, that means maybe you have a problem with drugs or alcohol, or maybe you did it for show because, you know, you, you, it's the thing that the organization wanted you to do. Who knows? But you might have a problem or you might not. But that's your problem, right? It doesn't – just because you went to rehab doesn't take away your rights as a citizen to do legal things, right? As long as he's not doing – drinking and getting wasted and crashing his car or starting a big fight or doing something really bad, okay, or he's so hungover he can't practice or play competently, in which case the NFL and his team would have every right to get involved. In those cases, they would. But if he's just drinking, you can't say, oh, you went to rehab last year. That You can't do that. Why? It's not, you know, you could say if you're him, maybe you shouldn't do that. It's, you know, whatever. I mean, it doesn't help him, but you're not his career counselor. You know, it's just the dude is a private citizen of legal age having a drink in a private residence. That, that is just not these people who are up in arms about that. It's just they're invading his life. It's not their business whether he should or should not be doing that from his own personal, you know, health standpoint. That's just not their business. So it's just annoying, and I don't think this should even be in the news. Who cares? He had a drink. Big deal. Yeah, I think one of the main reasons they benched him the first time this happened was <clears throat> he lied to them about it. So okay. assuming he doesn't lie about this latest incident, and I'm curious how they're going to. But why did he lie about it? Because he probably thought he had to lie about it, otherwise he'd get in trouble. But why is he in trouble for just doing legal stuff that people do? Oh, because he went to rehab. Dude, it, it, that makes like rehab like a bad idea. If you, if you don't go to rehab, then you can say, I don't have a problem. And then you can do whatever you want. But if you go to rehab, then the rest of your life, anything you do, people are going to say, oh, you're, you shouldn't be doing that. Right. So, it wasn't like court mandated or something. No, I mean, it wasn't court mandated. Yeah. There's no law against it. He's not doing anything illegal. And he's not committing any crime. So I just don't understand these people. They're just busybodies. You know, they're just like in your fucking, you're, they're just in your fucking grill about personal stuff. I mean, who would, who would agree to that? What if Yahoo was like Dalton? You know, you can't do the cocaine that you've been doing every night at home. I mean, you wouldn't work there anymore. Right. 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 Obviously. Correct. Yeah, obviously. Goes without saying. Right. Anyway, I, you know, whatever. It's not really a rant. It's just stupid. And I don't, it's not even Mike Pettin this time. It's a stupid, it's all the coverage. You read the New York Post, which is just such a terrible newspaper. Unfortunately, he's failed again. It's sad. You know, that kind of, that kind of PS. Dude, he had a beer. So stupid. Anyway. All right, we can move on. Uh, we're taking the points, especially because of that. Agreed. Right. All right. So we got Oakland uh, plus six and a half at Kansas City, and uh, yeah, you know, the only okay. So I, I'm going to like three or four games. This game I don't like at all. But I, I have a lean. But go ahead. You you, you pick yours. I've been getting uh, both these teams wrong for the most part this year. At least uh, Oakland. It looks like they do not have to play an early an early you know, 10 a.m. body clock game as right. this is scheduled out in the afternoon, which, you know, maybe that matters. Maybe it doesn't. But um, I'm going to take the points. Uh, I'm, it's not a full seven. I get it. And Kansas City continues to win football games, I think, what, nine straight now. Um, but they, I don't know. I don't think they're typically a team that's going to blow out a divisional foe. And, and Oakland's competent enough. So I'm going to take the dog. Yeah, I think I'm leaning that way, too. The other thing is Kansas City doesn't really have that much to play for, right? They can't get a bye. They could win the division if Denver loses, which is very unlikely. Um but even then, they'd only be the three seed. So, you know, what's the difference, really? 
right? Yeah. I mean, true. I guess it, I guess it's a possible home game, which would help. But you know, it's it's, it's well, e- even that's a long shot. I was going to say Denver's yeah, nearly right. ten point favorite. So so Kansas City, you know, I, I'm going to take Oakland too. All right, Tennessee uh, plus six at Indy, and Indy maybe if it's Ryan Lindley, I'm taking whoever. I, I don't care who the team that they're playing is or what the spread is. I'm just taking the other team. If you watch the playoffs last year, um, it may be Josh Freeman. Uh, he played against the Giants. He was one of the revolving door quarterbacks uh, with the Vikings, and that was one of the worst performances I've ever seen. Ever, the, ever, ever. Did ever. you watch that game, the Josh yeah. Freeman against the Giants? I was like, this is like just giving them a bye. It was performance art. Like, he clearly was not ready to play in the new organization. Like, that was that, – that stands out as one of the worst performances. And it was in primetime, right? It was like a Monday night game, too. I, I just remember because I, I watch all the Giants games, and I was like, I can't believe, like, we're getting gifted this win. And, and then uh, – but then, you know, Ryan Lindley, I mean, the best bet ever was Arizona at Carolina or Carolina – whatever. They were, I can't remember who was home. I guess Carolina was home in the playoffs. That was like, of course Carolina's going to win. I mean, it was like there was like 0% chance that Arizona won that game with Ryan Lindley. It was just there was – and then who was the other guy? There was the – oh, the guy they have on the roster. Like Stephen Morris or something? I've never heard of him. But, I mean, yeah. I suppose that would be the best option. Yeah, I, I, I don't Tennessee know. here plus six. I mean, I don't I, – I just don't see how with one of those quarterbacks that this should be six. Tennessee's been playing terribly, obviously, arguably the worst team in the NFL. Their defense has been really laying down. But, but absolutely, how are you going to give six points for this Colts team – and that quarterback situation, uh, yeah. I'll take the dog. This is like one of those mistaken lines last week. It was like last week, right? It was like the Texans. Like, what? what's wrong? This line should be three at most. Pick em, yeah. eight, maybe a pick them even. Yeah. All right. So we're, we're big on that. Um, Washington plus three at Dallas. Obviously, Washington is the only team with nothing to play for and a reason to rest people. A lot of teams have nothing to play for, but no reason not to play everybody. Washington actually has something to play for and a game the following week. It has nothing to play for and a game the following week. Nothing. Right. So, so uh, but Dallas has Kellen Moore, and we don't know if Dez is going to play. You know, they're pretty bad, too. So, what's your lean here? Yeah, I, I just realized it's going to be repetitive. I keep talking about divisional games because every game this in week 17 is yes. a divisional, a divisional matchup. Yeah. Um, I was leaning toward actually taking Dallas. I feel like they're going to be up for the last game of the season, even though this could, you know, definitely have ramifications as far as draft trap picks in the top five or whatever. Uh, but Washington has zero reason to play for, and uh, Dallas is at home. And, and uh, you know, that guy quarterback has been kind of competent, as ugly as his throwing motion looks. So I'm going to take the, the Cowboys. I just think that they'll they'll try harder. Yeah, I'm kind of inclined to take Dallas, but they have, like, no home field advantage. As you said, it's better for them to lose. And, you know, the problem is we're handicapping this game on Tuesday, and there's probably on Friday it'll come out where um, – Jay Gruden's like, ah, oh, we're not playing Kirk Cousins. <laughs> okay, great. You know, we don't know. Or he's playing a quarter. Or he's playing three quarters. We, we don't know yet. So it's kind of dumb of us to handicap this game sort of in the dark. But um, my inclination is Dallas also. Good deal. Okay. Uh, Detroit is plus one at Chicago. Who do you like here? Detroit's been playing a lot better lately. I've been backing them typically. We use them in super contest. And, man, I had their defense going and uh, that, that that game was the one that wasn't on the game mix on the direct TV when it has the, the eight eight boxes up at once. So even though I'm a Niner fan, that game was by far the one I watched the least last week. And we had Calvin's. So it was kind of annoying. Um, and, and, and the Niners took the opening kickoff and drove right. all the way down and scored a touchdown. I'm like, what is happening? Um, but they, they got it together. And, and, and I like the way they've, they've played down the stretch. Having said that, um, 
uh, what to make it? It's a coin flip. I'll just take the home team. I mean, the Bears played a little better recently too, so I'm going to lean toward Chicago. Yeah, is Alshon playing this week? Do we know? I do not know that. I don't know. Okay, I'm going to take Chicago also. I just think, you know, whatever. These are even teams, you know, and one of them's only getting, you know, they're, they're only laying one at home, and and I like I like Cutler with no pressure. Right. Season's over. That's I, that's he's at his best. Watch him have a huge game. All right, Giants. Plus, I mean, Philly plus three at Giants. <clears throat> well, really interesting. We just about a couple hours ago found yep. out Chip Kelly was fired. Um, I, don't, I don't think that changes the line even one. You know, I think it helps. Point. I think it definitely helps Philly. I, yeah, I mean, just, if, any, right. if they hated that asshole and they fired him, you got to get fired up. You want to show how terrible he was. Oh, I, I hear you. But you know who else is going to be fired up? Odell Beckham Jr. Coming think- off the suspension against this Eagles secondary He's going to go eight. I, I mean, he's, I think he's going to go absolutely. I'm taking the Giants there. anyway. And Coughlin's yeah. last game is a Giant. They're going to win like 68 to nothing. Yeah, this Eagles defense is so bad. I, I do like that angle, though, that maybe the, the Eagles get up for this because, you know, to prove a point to Chip Kelly. But, you know, they simply lack a lot of personnel, <laughs> especially on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, Jennings could have it. I like Jennings and DFS yeah. um, this week. So give me the Giants as well. Man. I, you know how you can get those alternate lines? I did it on the Super Bowl a couple of years ago, and I won good money on, on the Seahawks against the Broncos, where you say instead of Giants minus three, I'm going to have Giants minus 24, but I can right. pay 10 to one if that happens. Sorry. Yeah, Giants, right? I love yeah. that. I would love to find one of those for this. this. This is the type of game, I don't know, I could just see it being a sick blowout. Me too. All right. That's awesome. I, I just, I, I guess I'll have to stack the Giants in DFS. And there may be some garbage. You, you don't even know who to play for the Eagles. I mean, even if you thought the Eagles would come back in garbage time, there's no one to play. There's no one. To, you, you can't count on anyone. But uh, uh, I don't know. The Giants are pretty awful against tight ends. Who are you going to play? Oh, you're going to play Ertz? I guess yeah. Ertz maybe is. Yeah, that's maybe the only thing. Maybe Jordan Matthews. The, um, was I going to say? You know, I was looking at DFS, and, and I really love Beckham, Julio Jones, and. DeAndre Hopkins. It's like yeah. a, they're like three most expensive guys, pretty much. But I just I, I want to just load up on those guys and get like Rashad Jennings, as you said, running backs like that that are super cheap. Yeah, how is how is Julio Jones not going to be owned in eighty five percent? I know, I know. <laughs> he's going to be too heavily owned. But I mean, come on. I mean, Delvin Bro is actually okay. Um, but man, it's just it's too good of a matchup. All right, uh, Minnesota. You know, New Orleans ranks last. They've allowed the most fantasy points to opposing. Quarterbacks, running backs, and tight ends. Right. It's that's, truly that's, it's that's the worst tough. defense of all time. I mean, how do you allow the most to a quarterback and a running back and a tight? I mean, that's that's impressive stuff. Yeah. I mean, Devonta Freeman's going to be heavily owned too. That's just yeah. a that to me is the lock because it's it just they can't stop the run. And he catches passes, and the one good player they have on the defense will cover Julio Jones. Yeah. All right. So. I, you know, the Giants-Philly, if that line actually were like seven, I'd be like, oh, I don't know. You know, it's three seems a little crazy, actually. Yeah, I like it. All right, Minnesota plus three. Let's skip that. Let's say that to the oh, end. Right. It's a okay. night game. It's right. a night game. And that's kind of an important one. Okay, let's go uh, San Diego plus nine at Denver. Huh. Um, I'm going to take the Chargers uh, just because uh, Phillip Rivers is, is good. I'm not sold on Osweiler uh, personally. I think he, he played wrote, well. Uh, he, did you watch that game? He played well. I, I did. I did, yeah. Yeah. Um, Nine points is a lot. Um, Denver, I guess they, they have a lot to play for. They could they could just completely roll here. But that's that's a pretty significant line, and San Diego can, can put points on the board. So I'm going to take the points. But, you know, they only scored three points against this team uh, <laughs> at home the first right, time they met. Right. And how, how are they going to put points on the board? I mean, who's good on their team besides Rivers? I mean, they're going to – 
Who is he throwing to? Gates is hobbled. Gates is 35, and I think this is kind of it for Gates. Speedy oh, Johnson, yeah. I guess, is back, but I mean, he's covered by you know Chris Harris or Akib Talib. I mean, this Inman's is... going to torch uh, Chris Harris. Inman's going to take him out. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, think about it. It's, and you know, they can't really run it. It's Donald Brown is their early down back. Danny Woodhead. What did you, What did you write? He's like the number four PPR back or something. Yeah, this year? I looked it up. He's the number four PPR back. I mean, obviously, like guys like Thomas Rawls were way better at you know for the three games they played, or Le'Veon Bell or Aaron Foster, or whoever, but. You know, I'm saying cumulative points on the year. I think he's number four in PPR. You know who doesn't catch the ball, but you you would think that he he would because of his stature is Ronnie Hillman. He has like 22 catches on the year in 15 games. That's what I wrote. I wrote in one of my predictions that Ronnie Hillman would be a top 24 PPR back, and he's 23 in non-PPR, but he's 29th in PPR. So it's like I thought like the one thing he would do well, you know, I mean, I was kind of right, but I was technically wrong. Yeah. Um, C.J. Anderson's maybe rounding back into form, although he took a – a brutal hit the uh, um, last night, but you might be talking me into the Denver side of this. I don't know. That's, I'm not that's... necessarily taking Denver. I kind of think San Diego is sort of the right side because, for whatever reason, I don't know how they're doing it, but they they beat Miami, who sucks. But I didn't think I thought the Chargers were the worst team in the NFL until Miami showed up, uh, and they beat them. But then last week they beat um, they beat Jacksonville. What happened against who did they Oakland. play? Oakland. They oh they they lost to Oakland, but it was a really tight game. Well, yeah, it was overtime, right? Yeah, and it, and it was and it could have gone either way. Um, so you know, but Oakland is kind of crappy. You know, Denver is tougher. I don't know. Oakland did win in Denver a couple weeks ago. I, I, I'm not. Uh, I probably take San Diego. All the sort of like Akib Talib and Chris Harris versus Inman and whoever the Herndon and right, the Scrubs. Right, like, right. All that kind of stuff doesn't mean shit. You know, like that's all just talk. It's you know just it's just like you just got to get a feel for the teams and the points and pick one. Yeah, yeah, that's. It's going to be ugly, but that's where I was leaning toward, just taking the points. All right. Um, let's go. And Kubiak is a shitty coach, but so is Mike McCoy. I mean, those are two of the worst coaches. In the, two of the underrated, terrible coaches in the league are square off in this game. There's only, like, three good coaches in the NFL. I said there's five. Yeah, okay. Yeah, there's five. Um, because I, I'll I'm tell not, you who, who, who isn't one. Who? This next game. Who's no uh, Jim Tomsula is not one? No, no. He's. I. I think he might be his his farewell game here. His last last game is last hurrah. Okay. Well, yeah. St. Louis is laying only three and a half in San Francisco, and St. Louis just beat Seattle. They always seem to play well against Seattle. Um, they played well. They beat the Lions on uh, the Thursday night game a couple weeks ago, and the Lions have been playing well. And yet, it's only three and a half in San Francisco. I know the Niners are a little bit better at home, but the public's got to be on St. Louis, right? Yeah, they're they're definitely better at home. And man, thirty-seven and a half over under—that's got to be one of the lowest uh, of this season. I, back in the day, there used to be a lot of thirty-sevens, but just with the, the amount, you know, the, the rule changes and everything, the, the you don't you rarely see over unders that low in the NFL these days. But I'm actually leaning toward San Francisco. I've typically gone against them almost exclusively the last ten weeks, but um, I I feel like it could sell high off St. Louis, who looked so dominant in Seattle. I mean, they didn't just win like fluky fumble recoveries or something. I mean, they, well, although they did get a couple of those, but they outplayed them. They looked, they looked terrific. Um, but this, it'd be just like the Rams to look great against a, uh, you know, really good team and then lay an egg against a bad one, San Francisco at home. Maybe the Rams only win. Maybe they do win, but win by a field goal. So I'm actually leaning toward 49ers. And as you said, I'm sure the, the, the vast majority of the public is all over St. Louis. Yeah. I, I mean, this is another one of those that like every reason points to St. Louis. They're just playing well. I mean, they beat the crap out of the Lions. I mean, it was – I thought the Lions were going to win that game, and they came in and beat them. They beat Seattle. Who do they play in between those two? There's one other game they had. I can't remember if they won or lost. But 
they've suddenly just been like, oh, yeah, that's the team we thought was going to be pretty good before they were terrible for like five weeks. And, you know, I, I think having Keenum instead of Foles is, is better. It's kind of like Osweiler instead of Manning. It's they like, beat Tampa Bay. They beat Tampa Bay. Oh, yeah, they beat Tampa also, right? And it's not like – and those are all like mid-level teams. And San Francisco is terrible. But San Francisco at home has played well. They really gave Arizona a hard time at home. That was the most eye-opening one was when Arizona came in there. Arizona, what are they? They're, they're 13-2, right? They came yes. in there, and they, they probably should have lost that game but for a bad call. Really bad call. So, yeah, I got to think about it. I, I don't know. My brain says St. Louis, but this is just one of those games where you just don't think. You don't, you don't figure, worry about the how. You just take right. the, the three-and-a-half-point dog at home that looks like it's two little points. Yes, I, I'm not going to tell you how the Niners are going to cover. Right. We don't, we don't have to, but how would they? How would they cover against Carson Palmer and the right? The Cardinals? They yeah. did though, right? So, I'm on the fence, but I'll have to. I'll figure it out tomorrow when I when I write it up. Okay, Seattle uh, plus six and a half at Arizona. Seattle has basically nothing to play for. Um, they're either the five or the six. Um, you could argue that you want to be the six. I mean, you could argue that. Well, it doesn't really matter. The five gets to play Washington. The six gets to play uh, the winner of the Green Bay. Vikings game. None of those three teams probably scare Seattle whatsoever. Yeah, I'd almost rather not play in Washington. Actually, um, as crazy as that sounds, right? Because Green Bay is terrible. Minnesota, Minnesota actually at home might be tough too. But I think you really want to play Green Bay, or uh, or well, if Green Bay loses though, right? They wouldn't play Green Bay. But or yeah, probably. What, what do you think the softest team of those three is? Uh, Green Bay, Minnesota, Washington. Yeah, I mean, it's Washington, crazy. you know, is at home. Is going to be in Washington, right? Exactly. You know, they're home. Uh, I, I, wow. Um, I'm still going to say Minnesota just because they. I, I want to say Green Bay because they look they look just terrible. really terrible. out of sorts. But Mike McCarthy, I mean, there's so many bad coaches, but he's so bad. Yeah, I'm just still not sold on Minnesota. I, I would I would rather play them. Yeah, I don't know. Minnesota at home, I think, might be tough. I think it might be sort of a, a battle. But Russell Wilson, you know, it, they're kind of similar, those two teams. Like like Teddy Bridgewater is the poor man's Russell Wilson. Yeah, I, I was kind of operating under the assumption that Seattle's going to try this game. And it just seems like a perfect buy low, sell high opportunity. I mean, Arizona is so good. I mean, they're arguably the best team in football, especially at home. They just look fantastic. Seattle looked really bad last week. But leading up to last week, I would have said they're one of the three best teams. So I'm just going to throw that one out. Uh, Russell Wilson, the connection with Doug Baldwin. This could turn into a shootout. Um, and I'm going to take the, the six and a half points, which is a pretty decent amount you know, for against a, a team that we just played in the Super Bowl. Yeah, I mean, look, if Seattle goes all out, then it's way too many points. It should be like three and a half, right? I mean, it, it should be just about even. But Arizona could get the number one seed. Although they're going to know, aren't they? They are going to know. They will know at this point because no, no, no. Oh, they, they, oh, they, they, fl- they they moved the Carolina game. That's to- why it appears at the top here at the Vegas Insider. But really, that's a four, uh, uh, you know, one twenty-five so game. Know. So yeah. they're going to play under the assumption that that they may be getting the one seat. So they're going to go all out. Seattle, right. you just don't know how hard they're going to try. But I don't. know. I guess it's, it's a hard game to handicap on Tuesday again because there may be something. The coach says, "Hey, we're going to take it easy" or whatever. I mean, Seattle really doesn't care if Arizona's number one or number two. They don't doesn't matter to them. They're going to pl- try when they, they face them or Carolina in the playoffs. Oh, right. Yeah. There's no big, yeah. There's no big preference there. Right. Although, you know, the question is, is Seattle going to try? It's not really what your incentive is. Your incentive only matters based on your coaching and your game plan. But once the game starts, I don't think it matters at all. 
In fact, sometimes it's worse to be tight and have something that, to play for. As long as you're trying all out, who cares what, you know, theoretically is on the line? Yeah, as we've proven emphatically this this season, it's very difficult to handicap NFL games just in general, let alone ones where we have to now anticipate motivation and other factors like that, playing time. I mean, this is it's really tough. Was Week it 17. La- was it last year or two years ago where, like, there was some crazy scenario for some AFC teams to get into the playoffs, and it was the Chiefs or something, and, like, I think the Chargers got in, but it was, I think it was, like, two years ago. And all this crazy stuff happened. Like, all these teams that had, like, backup QBs that were out of the playoffs beat teams that needed right. to win to get in. And there were, like, three of those upsets that happened. And I think it put the Chargers in the playoffs yeah. so shockingly that they had, you know, like a 3% chance to get in. And they got in. Yeah, I think then they, then they went to – was that the year they went to Cincinnati? I think that they might won? Have been the one beat Cincinnati, I think. <laughs> of course, they lost after that, but – Anyway, the crazy stuff happens. I'm not sure what I'm going to do there. I'll probably take Seattle because I can't presume they're not going to try, even though there's really no reason for them to play hard. Right. That's where I'm going. Okay. And then finally, uh, the last game is Minnesota plus three at Green Bay. Green Bay killed them in Minnesota the first matchup. But uh, since then, that was like the last time Green Bay played well. They won that Lions game on total garbage. They're just terrible. But, you know, they, they crushed them in Minnesota. They're at home. They do play better at home. Who do you like there? Yeah, I felt embarrassed uh, picking the Packers last week and watching that mismatch in Arizona. I mean, I believe Arizona's defense had as many touchdowns last week as, as Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, and Ben Roethlisberger combined. And uh, it's it overwhelmed. Rodgers was sacked eight times. I couldn't believe they didn't take him out of that game earlier. McCarthy's uh, one of the worst. He's truly, I mean, of all the bad coaches, I think McCarthy is the most, he's the worst coach for what he's rated as. He's the, He's the most... Like, if you were to, like, pull back the curtain and see who's really there, he would right. disappoint you the most from what, like, the media thinks of him. Like, he's, he's, <laughs> he's got the biggest gap between perception and reality. He's a terrible coach. He's, like, a bottom 10 coach, but he's considered, like, a top 10 coach. You know, whereas, like, most of these other coaches that are terrible, most people know they're terrible. Yeah, how much is he holding? Has he held them back? I, I know it cost him. He cost him at least uh, one Super Bowl appearance. He's, I can say that. Truly, but. I mean, and, and he's just. He's. Uh, I just. I don't know why that dude annoys me so much. He just does. I mean, I had Eddie Lacy in the Stopa League. It's a lot of reasons he annoys me. But Devonte Adams goes four straight games without a, a, a catch that went for ten yards, despite being the number two option. Right. Uh, with Aaron Rodgers throwing him the ball, then he catches a thirty-eight yarder last week, and is so excited he promptly spikes the football, which is an obvious fifteen-yard penalty. So he just immediately did that. I mean, this this whole team is just. Totally messed up right now. And, and why, you know, Jeff Janis is like big and fast, and maybe he sucks, but like, why, you know, how could he be worse than Devontae Adams? You oh, know, yeah. He's been just the most put him big. out there, have him run some deep routes. You know, I mean, just what, it's just, this guy is just such an idiot. Just, they don't do anything. I mean, how could you live with the way this team has been all year with, while having Aaron Rodgers? It's amazing. And I know. that said, I, know. I think I'm probably going to lay the wood. But yeah, all that said, I'm taking the Packers as well. I continue to fade Minnesota, usually to my. My detriment. Um, uh, I got to think about. It. I'm not committed. Their, their my defense vibe. is pretty good. Green Bay. They're at home. Like I mean, it's a lot of incentive on the, on the night game. Um, it's still Aaron Rodgers. I just can't bet against Aaron Rodgers. So the fact that it's only three, I'm not saying that line's wrong. I mean, it's it's a good reflection reflection of how they're playing. But I'm probably going to be the sucker that just sticks with Green Bay name brand. I see. I don't think that's the sucker play. I think Minnesota's the sucker play. Oh, okay. I, I think I think the public's going to be on Minnesota. They're going to be like Green Bay sucks. Recency bias, maybe. Yeah, not just okay. recency. The whole season. I mean, they sucked. <laughs> you know, Minnesota. Green Bay does have ten wins. I mean, it's yeah. Minnesota. All well, yeah, but one of their wins is that hail mary bullshit. Yeah, true. I mean, and that shouldn't have been. You know, they should have. That shouldn't have even been. Uh, 
a penalty. He didn't even face mask Rodgers on the play right. before. It was just crap. That was a loss. And, you know, Minnesota, they went into Arizona and actually should have beat them. You know, they killed so, the Giants, not the Giants without Beckham. That exposed who the Giants are without Beckham, who Eli oh, is. Man, yeah, he's him. It's him, Gronk, and Watt are the three clearly most valuable non-quarterbacks in the NFL. And I don't even think the line moved nearly – well, obviously, in hindsight, I can right. say that. But, it but should I mean, have moved like told, 15. If it moved 15, <laughs> that would have been accurate. Right. That totally disrespected the, the difference between him on the field and off. Um, but I am – I, uh, I, I'm going to be very curious now, and I, I rarely check on this, but I, I do want to look up uh, the public action on this game. I'm curious which side it's Let's on look now. look it up right now. Why not uh, do, it for the, uh, do it for the listeners? We'll find it if you have it in front of you. I, I, can, I have to look it up. It's just keep talking, so, you know, fill some air for me while I'm doing this. Yeah, I don't know if it's going to come out after the season that Aaron Rodgers is, was just playing significantly more injured than we know because I don't really know any other explanation. I mean, his, his YPA is a career low. I, I guess we can blame it on Jordy Nelson, who's apparently one of the best receivers in NFL history. Um, but I obviously he's wouldn't. the best receiver in NFL history. If you, he, he made Rodgers into the greatest quarterback of all time, and now he's a below-average quarterback. I, I can't believe Randall Cobb is just so just such a okay. non-factor so as, as well. As I, as I expected, the line. Okay, this is interesting. So this is Sports Insights. They have fifty-five percent are on Minnesota, forty-five percent on Green Bay, and. You know, it's almost always that more people are on the favorite. Right. So, this, right. so Green Bay is definitely the sharper play. And the line opened to two and a half, moved to three, which means that even though more people are betting Minnesota, the bigger money's on Green Bay, right? Because Minnesota's getting more points than they were. And right. the money's on Minnesota. Yeah, so the percentage thing can often be misleading, obviously, because it's just a, the amount of bets, not the, not the, the amount total of money. money. Right. Yeah. So. I agree. You got to do Green Bay if you're if you're doing that kind of analysis. It's so interesting these uh, the, this site. I mean, you want me to tell you any others? I can tell you if you're curious. But majority. What's is the Forty Niners? Yeah. Um, well, it's not as big as I thought. It's sixty eight percent on St. Louis, thirty two on San Francisco, and the line moved from three to three and a half. So that line's moving with the betting. You know right. I mean? when it, when, I think when you open your eyes are like in the Minnesota Green Bay one. You're like, wow, the line went up, but most people are on Minnesota. Right, so the line should have gone down. That's where you say, okay, who's betting on who, uh, whom? But uh, but in the uh, San Francisco, St. Louis, it's just what you'd expect. And I would think more people would be on St. Louis. I thought it would be like eighty twenty. Right. Yeah, sixty eight is still pretty pretty decent. Is there a big? I mean, what's like what's the biggest gap right now? No real big ones this week, but I, I've seen like ninety tens, you know, before. Yes, yeah, sure, sure. When it's like you know, the you know Patriots against the Dolphins or something. Uh, I don't know. They don't have the Patriots Dolphins here, by the way. I was looking for that. Sometimes they don't have them. Oh yeah, they do. Yeah, it's eighty twenty. Here we go. I just scroll up. Eighty twenty Patriots Dolphins. So that's the biggest one. Yeah. Right. So, Obviously the biggest public team there is, probably, right? Yeah, and it's just Miami sucks. You know, the Jets Buffalo, seventy seven percent on the Jets. And it started at Pickham and it moved to Jets minus three. So the money moved with the Jets. Uh, I like to hear that as a Steeler, a guy rooting for the Steeler. That's what I like to hear. No, you don't. That that's not good. That means that that means that like the odds makers are like shit. The it's not just the dumb money on the Jets. It's like we got to move this thing up. We got to make yeah. it worse. We got to get more people to take Buffalo because everyone's taking the Jets and it's legit. All right. Well, yeah, I guess that's what I mean. That's what that line would say. You know, if, if, right? You're saying so if it's just dumb money, they don't care. Is what you're saying? If it's dumb money, or right, or. There's so much money being made on Buffalo because the Sharps are the one, you know, they, they'd make right. much bigger bets. Then the line, they wouldn't move the line. 
right? But this line, yeah. Moved. But ty- typically, I like to be on the side that that the line moved three points the other way, right? Oh, you mean you're getting better value? You're saying than what it opened at? Yeah, just because people are wrong, more. You know, I mean, it just feels like if it just it just feels like. Yeah, I mean, yeah, right. You know. you're, you're against the majority and you're getting paid. You're getting value for it too. Right. Right. You're sort of coming in late, like after they've already bid this thing up and now you're like, okay, I'll get in now that I have a better price. Exactly. Yeah. That makes sense. All right, man. Well, let's, let's pick our five and wrap this thing up. It's, it's, I don't know if we want to do it in the playoffs. I mean, you could take a break. If we do in the playoffs, I'm going to still do this podcast. I'll be talking baseball, DFS hoops, whatever politics, you know? Yeah, yeah, we can do a shorter version for the for the playoff games. Yeah, well, obviously it'll take a lot less time um, <laughs> unless we go super into. We're not that. We don't analyze the games. It's all about the vibe. It's not about actual personnel and stuff like that. So, all right, so so cool. We can do it next week. Um, so let's pick our five. I'll tell you who I like. I really like. I like Cincy a bit. Uh, I like Cleveland a lot. Indy is. I mean, Tennessee is a no brainer. And then I like the Giants a lot. That'd probably be my best bet. So those are the four that I really like. Um. Okay. I'm fine with all those. What do you? Who do you like more? The um. You didn't really like. Kind of like going ugly with the Niners. But actually, I'm just going to say, what about the Packers? I, we just talked about I, I that. I would point. do it. I would do it. I mean, it's certainly like the contrarian fade the recency everything. I mean, I hate the Packers, but you know, sometimes everybody hates them. Everybody feels the same way. So frustrating, and they're going against a good Minnesota team. And I really think Minnesota is going to kill them, but this is probably when you take them. Yeah, no, I'm fine with Cincy. Um, fine with the. I, I picked the Browns myself. Definitely like Titans. Definitely like Giants, and 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 like the Packers. So, do you want to go those five? Let's do it. Let's. I, mean, I don't sure. Right. You know, you can go whatever five you want. I mean, really, I don't. I don't care. But yeah, let's right. do it. We'll, All right. We'll, let's try to just have a winning record at the end. You know, and not be a laughing stock. Right. Right. All right, man. All right. All right. Well, stuff. you know, let's... we got the congrats. You know, good job on the football, but don't think that that entitles you to be slacking on basketball because you know now we're in it now we have more to lose no i know and we're you know it's the guys in first and second or jonah and and cousin sal the, the players that you know the people that are close i believe cousin sal lost oh actually i think it was to jake Seeley, so he's another guy competitor but he they finished fourth not third which helped us too so and, yeah yeah who lost blake griffin i mean there's there's injuries now that are starting who lost eric bledsoe i mean there's yeah yeah you know there's some pain going around so um, yeah, no, well, well done. We we won football when, when we basically punted it at the at the the, dra- the draft, and right. uh, it, it all came together. Everything and that's with plan. We we could have done a little better in baseball, like fourth, but you know we're tied for fifth. That's yeah. good enough. Punting base, punting pitching, punting football, and we're in on basketball. So we got to win basketball. That's uh, that's I'm, the key. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I know it's uh, and even it's funny that we won. With the football team we drafted, considering T.Y. Hilton absolutely didn't live up to expectations, right. and, and, and Calvin Johnson wasn't great either. So that, that you know, those are the three guys we drafted early, them and Julio, and then we just punted the rest. So two of those three didn't even really live up to expectations, and we still pulled it off. But fantasy football was a joke. It's like of you course. one good that's wide why receiver, we did it. and that's why we did it. Right, right. That's why we didn't invest in it. Exactly. It's like you just need a wide receiver or two, and then you can just make up the rest of your team as you go along. Exactly. That's it. And, right. and, and my condolences for the Mark Stopa Law Firm League. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. I, again, I'm bummed, but, you know, whatever. You know, again, I'm not that bummed. And I, I actually, unfortunately, I like Barron's. I was going to say, and at least Barron's He's a not good a douchebag, dude. and a you know, he won. doesn't, like, rub it in your face like I would to somebody else if I won. Right. So, I, you know, it's, it's hard to be too pissed, you know? So Yeah. And there are a lot of deplorable people in that league, too. Uh, Could have been worse. Some of the worst know? of the worst. Could have been worse. Yeah. Terrible. Horrible. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. All right, man. Take it easy. We'll talk next uh, week.
All right, later, Liz. Right, later. Napa know-how. A Napa guy knows that by the foot, there's no better ride than an old station wagon. Room for six people facing forward, two people facing backward, and a whole lot of luggage, lumber, and bicycles haphazardly strapped to the roof. If you can parallel park that beast, you can park anything. And with some quality parts and a little Napa know-how, you can keep your land ship running longer, stronger. It's not obsolete. It's a rare treasure. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how.